That's it. Boy, that's good. You know, if you'd have mind your pastor, you'd have got a gold star. Anybody know what the shortest chapter in the Bible is? All right, put it up there so they can see. Well, that don't tell them. <laughs> Psalm 117, down at the bottom. Psalm 17, verse 1 and verse 2. We're going to preach on the whole chapter tonight, okay? Psalm 117, verses 1 and 2. That's the whole chapter, shortest chapter in the Bible. Oh, praise the Lord, all ye nations. Praise him, all ye people. For his merciful kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. Everybody shout, praise ye the Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we're praying that you would anoint us tonight. Touch us as we look into your word. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I'm going to preach to you tonight on the subject, a simple song, a simple song. I don't know, maybe about a year and a half ago, Crystal and I discovered, I, I did and brought it home to her, discovered uh, what was called the Myers-Briggs personality profile, and I had heard of it before, uh, but never paid much attention to it, but I, I kind of got into it. In fact, her Sunday school class has had a lot of fun with this. And I, I found out, now there, you know, you can read a lot of things online. There are people that say it's a bunch of hogwash. But it nails our family. I mean, it really, it really does. And uh, I'm what, not that it matters what this means to you. I'm what's known as an ENFP. Uh, Crystal's an ISTP. Cameron is an ISTJ. And uh, Katie is an INFP. And my dad is an ASAP. <laughs> but uh, it... it the ENFP is kind of a unique personality uh, and, and uh, kind of a cut up, that kind of thing. And one of the things that marks that, it's just common among ENFPs that they like to make up little songs. And, and I, when I found that out, I said, well, that explains a lot because I am always, just about every day, I go around singing some silly little song that I've made up. I can hear a song on the radio and start making up my own words to it. I've got, little, I've got three or four little songs that I uh, have sung to Cameron and Katie for the last uh, 10 uh, years or so that I've still sang to them. They know them by heart, little songs that I made up. I, I don't know if I get in trouble for this or not. I remember one I made up for our niece who is now, what is she, 22, something like that. Uh, I, I got you big eyes. Does that mean I shouldn't tell it? I shouldn't tell them that I wrote a song to the tune of Twinkle Twinkle Little Star that was entitled Tinkle Tinkle in the Jar. I shouldn't tell them that, so I won't tell you that. But I, I like to make up little songs. Well, this is a little song. It's a little ditty. It's a simple little song, only two verses. In fact, it's so small that some, some ancient manuscripts puts it on the tail end of Psalm 116. Other manuscripts put it on the, on the beginning of Psalm 118, but they say that the best manuscripts let this little song stand on its own. Oh, praise the Lord, all ye nations, praise him, all ye people, for his merciful kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. 
It's just a simple little song. Now the Bible encourages us in Ephesians 5, 19, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. That according to this uh, version of the scripture, it tells us that we're to speak to ourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Go around with a happy life, singing and making melody in our hearts to the Lord. If you'd have a song in your heart and a song on your lips when you begin uh, your day and go through your day, you'd be amazed at how much of a difference that's going to make in your day. And then Paul also said in Colossians 3.16, we were not supposed to do that only to ourselves. We're to do that to one another. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. So we encourage one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Somebody came up with this. I think it's probably pretty correct that when we talk about a psalm, we sing something that's out of Scripture. Now back about 35, 30, or 35 years ago, when praise and worship was just starting, just coming out, almost all praise and worship music was a psalm set to music. In fact, I remember that we used to play everything in that minor key so it sounded like a Hebrew song. Anybody remember uh, singing the song, when the Spirit of the Lord moves on my heart, I will dance like David danced. I remember Billy Wilson uh, telling me one time, he said, I heard some of that praise and worship music and I thought, it don't even rhyme. And he said, I got a bad attitude about that not rhyming until I realized I was singing the words of Scripture. So, so we sang a psalm. Now here's the thing about the psalm. A psalm is God-directed. It's singing praise directly to the Lord. It's singing for an audience of one. It is directing toward God praise. And then we sang hymns. Hymns are songs that are written in Christian themes. Now, had a conversation with my brother about this the other day about how far do you go in, in borrowing music from the world and the world borrowing music from you and that's so convoluted it's hard to know. Uh, it's hard to know whether uh, certain tunes came from country music and got into hymns or if they came from old hymns and got into country music. It's hard to know when you talk about rock and roll. It's hard to know if rock and roll came from gospel, you know, Elvis Presley was influenced by the Statesman and the Blackwood Brothers. And my brother said to me, Travis said to me, yeah, he was influenced by R&B. I said, yeah, and R&B was influenced by, uh, with, by the old spirituals that used to be sung in black churches. So it's hard to know. Music kind of leaks over into that. I will tell you that there was a man that uh, in churches, most of what they sung was psalm, uh, psalms and he decided the way I could teach the scripture to common people was to set that music to the tune of the songs that they sang in the bars. His name was Martin Luther. He was a German monk in the 1500s, started the Protestant Reformation, and that's how hymnology, hymns really were born, was setting it to music that already existed in the world. And hymns are songs of praise about God. Hymns are where we sing to one another about God. We're still praising Him, but we're praising Him to one another. 
And I, I think that's important. It's important for you to tell your wife how much you love her, but it's also important occasionally for you to tell somebody else, boy, I tell you what, that's a wonderful person that I'm married to. That makes them feel real good, and I, I understand it makes men feel good when women do it too. I, I have heard that. In fact, my wife does that occasionally, but she usually does it when I'm out of earshot. Amen. I'm just playing around. And then there are spiritual songs. Now, spiritual songs are these. Spiritual songs are kind of spontaneous. They kind of bubble up out of somebody's spirit. And they are actually, the word in the scriptures, ode pneumaticus. You hear pneuma in there. That's the word for spirit. Ode pneumaticus. There are songs of the spirit and they just kind of bubble up. Now, maybe you're not a creative type, and maybe this has never happened to you, but have you ever been in your shower or riding along in the car all by yourself and nobody's around and nobody can hear you and it's not going to embarrass you and you just start singing a song of your own composition? It may just be, oh, how I love Jesus, toot, toot, toot. I mean, it, but it's just the joy of the Lord just bubbles out of your heart and you sing to the Lord. And I think it also includes singing in tongues. I remember when uh, I was about 15 years old or so, I was mowing uh, the yard, uh, riding on the riding mower, and I started singing an old song that my mother liked to sing. Uh, it was a beautiful song about a little missionary, about a little girl, a little lady that was uh, born again in a missionary meeting. And uh, after she got saved, she went home, but she remembered she forgot to ask the missionary, what his name was. She was saved, but she didn't even remember the name of Jesus. And so she went back to him and said, could you tell me his name again? And they wrote a little song, some of you remember, uh, tell me his name again and say me that sweet refrain, how he who in love came down from above to die on a cross of shame. The story my heart has stirred, it's the sweetest that I've ever heard. It banishes fear, it brings hope and cheer. Tell me his name again. And I started singing that song to myself, and I got so happy. And then after a while, I was still singing that same tune, but I wasn't singing the same words. I was singing in tongues. I was singing as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. I don't know if you've ever done that, but I'm going to tell you the Apostle Paul encouraged it. He said, I will pray with understanding and I'll pray with the Spirit. I'll sing with understanding and I will sing in the Spirit. Sometime when there ain't nobody else listening and we're singing praises to God, if the Holy Spirit prompts you, just begin to sing to the Lord in tongues and you'll be amazed at the blessing it will be to you and to the Lord. So we have these admonition in Scripture to sing these, these spiritual Songs. This little song bubbled up out of the heart of the psalmist. Oh, praise the Lord. Just a little song, a little simple song. Praise him, all ye nations. Praise him, all ye people. Why? For his merciful kindness is great toward us. And the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. Merciful kindness is the Hebrew word Hesed. I've spoken with you over the years about this word. It's a rich word. It can be translated Grace, it can be translated mercy, it can be translated merciful kindness, loving kindness, uh, it's a, the tender mercies of the Lord. It, it is a word that actually uh, in the Hebrew mindset, it meant that covenant uh, love that you had towards somebody that you were in covenant with. It's the love that a man should have for his wife, a love that parents should have for their children. It's the love that God's people have for God, and it's the love that God has for his people. 
Now, it came to mean to the Hebrews in their mindset, it came to mean to them that that we owed to those that we were in covenant with. But God gives it full and free. And then he says, not only uh, do we praise him for his merciful kindness, but we praise him because his truth, uh, uh, the truth of the Lord endureth forever. And that word truth is the word emmet in Hebrew. And that word truth uh, means something that is stable, something that is faithful. It doesn't just, it doesn't just mean that it's a statement that is true, although it, it includes that. But truth means more than just the validity and the veracity of something that's said, the reality of it. Truth means something that is firm and steadfast and stable. So when we talk about God's truth, we not only mean that the things that he says and that his word is forever settled in heaven and that you can take him at his word, it means that God is not only, is not only what he says is true, but what he says he'll back up. What he says can be counted on. What he says is a firm foundation that God is truth. That he doesn't just have truth, he doesn't speak truth, but Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. Truth's not, not just a set of facts. Truth is a person and his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. Now this little song about God's loving kindness and this uh, little song about God's faithful truth, this little song speaks a volume. Now this psalmist had something that I don't have. He had the gift of brevity because I'm going to preach to you for about 30 minutes on what took him two lines to say. But I want you to understand that as we unpack this psalm, first of all, this little psalm, this little two-verse song that's in Scripture, this little simple song, this simple song is a planetary song. And by planetary, what we mean is that it's global. It's universal. In other words, it, it is a song that calls on everybody in the planet. Praise the Lord all ye nations. In fact, the New King James says, praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles. That word for nation is the word for heathen, the word for nations. It's for everybody that this call is a universal call. And that's the word praise him. It's the word we get hallelujah from. And then it says, praise him or laud him or shout to him, all ye people, that everybody, everywhere ought to praise the Lord. For what? For his merciful kindness is great toward us. Now here's the question, what is that us? Who is the us? What is the royal us there? Is the psalmist saying, all ye people, all ye nations out there, observe God's loving kindness, God's tender mercy, God's covenant faithfulness to us, the Hebrews, us, the seed of Abraham, us, the people that are God's covenant people, if you that are out there will look at how God is so good to us in here, you'll want to praise him because his love, his covenant toward us is something that is amazing and ought to be celebrated. Is that what it's saying? Now, if that's what it's saying, it falls in line with what the psalmist David said because if you'll picture the psalmist David, he's like a sheep that is standing in the green fields of his master, talking across the fence, 
to the barren fields of a sheep in another pasture and he's saying let me tell you about my shepherd yours don't seem to be doing too well but my shepherd leads me beside still waters my shepherd leads me into green pastures my shepherd restores my soul and I'm telling you that we ought to tell people in the world that are, are hard up and hard pressed for a friend we need to tell them that we're in covenant with a God that takes good care of us and he is faithful faithful in his love and his covenant to us. And so is that what that's saying? Is that saying uh, praise him for his merciful kindness to us? Or is the psalmist including all of those other nations in that? Is he saying God is merciful and kind and loving not just simply to those that are in covenant with him but to anybody that's willing to be in covenant with him? Now this word is so richly revealed in the life of Jesus. Jesus has this, uh, this uh, uh, scribe ask him uh, about the greatest commandments. And Jesus, smarter than he was, said, well, how do you read it? He said, well, love God with all your heart and all your soul, all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, well, you're not far from the kingdom of God. And then he, willing to justify himself, said, who is my neighbor? Now again, he had the mindset that hesed, mercy, loving kindness is what you owed people that you were in covenant with. And so he was looking for him to say, everybody that lives within a mile radius of me is my neighbor. I've told you this before, right? But if you happen to live 1.2 miles across the line, you can forget it. And Jesus told him about that Samaritan that showed him mercy. And he said, now who do you think is his neighbor. And he said, it's brought to us in the Greek in the New Testament, that's how it was written. But remember, Jesus and his followers thought in Hebrew or in, uh, in Aramaic, they thought in that language. So Jesus probably didn't say in the word, the Greek word for mercy, he probably said the Hebrew word for mercy because that's the way they thought and talked and, and all of that. And so he said, well, who do you think is his neighbor? And the guy said, well, I guess the one that showed hesed to him, the one that showed mercy to him. In other words, listen, God's love is not based on his covenant. God's covenant is based on his love. In other words, God doesn't love us because of Calvary. We have Calvary because God loves us. In other words, this is a call to everybody in the world, not just to Christians, not just to church-going folks, not just to people that believe the Bible, but there is available to everyone in every nation to come up under the loving lordship of Jesus Christ and worship him for his merciful kindness is great and his love and his truth endures forever. We know this because Genesis 22, 15 through 18, I won't read it all to you for the sake of time, but uh, Moses had, or, or Abraham had just been willing to sacrifice his son and the Lord stopped him and he said, because you were willing to give him, verse 17, blessing, I will bless you, multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven and as the sands which is on the seashore and your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies and in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you've obeyed my voice. So right there in Genesis 22 and 18, it's saying that God's design and God's will was always, 
always for all the nations of the earth to be based. So this little song is planetary. It's universal. It's global. Next, this song is purposeful. It's purposeful. It reveals our purpose in that it is missional. It reveals our mission. Another little song that we used to sing all the time, and the older I get, the better I remember those old songs, and the less I can remember what happened five minutes ago. But I can remember those old songs. You know, the part of your brain that stores those old songs is not the part of your brain that starts losing the brain cells. It gets in there and it stays there. That's why you go out to the nursing home and people that can't remember what they had for lunch, can you start singing and they can sing every word of that song. So these songs were embedded way deep in down there when I was a kid. And one of them that we used to sing was everybody ought to know who Jesus is. Everybody ought to know that this psalm, this little song reveals our mission. It reveals our purpose that everybody everywhere ought to know who Jesus is. And we know this is a missional, purposeful psalm because Paul quotes it in Romans 15. He starts out in verse 8. He says, now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made to the fathers. In other words, he came to the Jews. And that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. And as it is written, for this cause I will confess thee among the Gentiles and sing unto thy name. And again he saith, rejoice ye Gentiles with his people. And here it is, he quotes this psalm. And again, praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, laud him, all ye people. He's saying this is a missionary psalm. Now you got to understand, I know maybe I'm not doing a good job getting this across to you, but the time that this was written, this was a radical thought to them that God was including in an anointed song, God was including everybody. He wasn't just including the Jews. He wasn't just including the children of Abraham. He wasn't just including those that were in covenant. He was saying everybody ought to know what kind of God I'm in. I want to tell you something. We have got to get to the place that we stop thinking of Christianity as a southern thing. We've got to stop thinking of it as an American thing. We've got to stop thinking of it as a as a. Uh, upper or, or middle, middle class thing. We've got to stop thinking of it as our unique possession. We have to stop thinking of ourselves as a privileged people and see ourselves as somebody that was called of God for God to demonstrate his love through us so that others can see what they can have if they come up under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. If you believe that, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. So not only is it planetary, global, not only is it purposeful, missional, but it is prophetic. This is a prophetic song. Isaiah 60 and 3, And the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and the kings to the brightness of thy rising. Revelation 5, 9, and 10 reveal it is the revelation of what will happen when it's all said and done. And they sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and has redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation and has made us unto our God kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth. There is coming a time and it, here's the thing. This prophecy is not something that's simply going to be revealed at the end of time. This is a prophecy that has been being revealed 
throughout the, uh, when Jesus ascended back to the glory land and before he left, he said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you'll be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And already it started taking place and from that time until this and culminating in the end of time around the throne, he is starting to let those that did not know him, those that were strangers and foreigners, all of those have been drawn in. And let me tell you, I don't see any of of us here tonight wearing a kippah on top of our head. There's probably not a one of us in here that has any Jewish blood at all in us. Aren't you glad that God included us in his salvation plan, that it wasn't just for one group of people? How many knows that the Lord looked down and in his mercy saved us and drew us to himself and he's doing that around the world so when we have the little Chinese man that gets so excited and comes here and claps his little hands, the reason we give money to to him is because when we get to heaven we want to see the gospel that spread because of our giving we want to see that gospel result in people from all over the earth praising and worshiping God. It's going to happen one of these days and it's going to be like the voice of many waters as the people from every nation, tribe and tongue saying glory and honor and majesty belong to our God. If you're looking forward to that day give him one more hand clap of praise. This song is also perpetual. It goes on. It doesn't just, uh, it doesn't stop. Boy, I hate to start this. Sometimes to get things started, you can't stop. But there, I don't know if this lady's still alive or not, but there was a, a lady that entertained children for probably 30 or 40 years. Her name was Sherry Lewis. Anybody remember Sherry Lewis? And Sherry Lewis had, had this little tiny uh, puppet that was a, that was a little uh, lamb, wasn't it? What what what'd she call it? Lamb, lamb chop. Boy, <laughs> either I'm old or you are. <laughs> but the last show that Sherry had, it was still on as of about 20 years ago. The, the theme song to the show was this. This is the song that does not end. Yes, it goes on and on, my friend. Some people started singing it not knowing what it was, and they'll continue singing it forever just because this is the song that does not end. And on and on and on the song went. I'm going to end it for you. But this Psalm 117 is the song that does not end because he says, all you people, everybody, everywhere, all you people, all you nations from around the world join in this song and praise him for his mercy, his merciful kindness toward us and his truth that endureth forever. It goes on and on because his truth endures forever. I told you that this truth is not just simply the veracity the viability of something, but it, is, it comes from a word that means firm, stable, steady. ESV picks up on this by saying, for great is his steadfast love toward us and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. 
His truth endures forever. The rabbis noticed something that was very interesting in the Hebrew word for truth. The Hebrew word for truth is comprised of three letters. Now you have to understand the difficulty is Hebrew as it was passed down to us doesn't have any vowels in it. It just has consonants. And it's these three Hebrew letters. Uh, they are Aleph, Mim, and Tav. Aleph is the first letter in the Hebrew alphabet. Tav is the last letter in the Hebrew alphabet. And Mim is one of the two letters in the middle of the Hebrew alphabet. And here's what the rabbis noticed. That God is the first letter. And God is the last letter. He's the Aleph and the Tav. And he's also what's in between. He's the Mim too. He's the first, the middle, and the end. He's the beginning, the middle, and the end. Now remember, the book of Revelation was written in Greek. But remember, it was revealed to a Jewish man from his Jewish Savior. And he said, Jesus said in Revelation 1 and 8 to John on the Isle of Patmos, I am the Alpha and the Omega. All that means is the first letter and the last letter in Greek. If he had been speaking English, he would have said, buddy, I'm A to Z. If he was speaking in Aramaic or, or in Hebrew, he would have said, I'm the Aleph and the Tav. That his, it contained in the, the truth, the, the perpetual stability of our God, the perpetual faithfulness of our God. You know what the scripture says? The scripture says sometimes, we're not faithful. It says if we deny him, if our hearts deny him, he is greater than our hearts and knows all things and he can't deny himself. God is faithful. That perpetual song of the perpetual faithfulness of our God. He's the A to Z and everything in between. You can rely on the truth of God Almighty. Boy, I tell you, when my son Cameron was born, the doctor had a difficult time getting him here. We didn't, we didn't know. We, you know, we were ignorant of it. We didn't know first child that we ever had. I told Crystal one time, I said, I don't know if I'm ready to be pregnant again. She said, well, you wasn't pregnant the first time. But Cameron, the umbilical cord was wrapped a couple of times around his neck. And the doctor was so professional and so good, he just kind of slipped that off of his neck. Cameron didn't cry when he got here. He was, he was purple looking. We didn't know how close it was to being a, a disaster. My dad back there, when he was born, he was born in a farmhouse over in and weighed 14 pounds. My grandmother had a difficult time with that pregnancy under poor conditions. And uh, there's a lot more difficulty and danger there 
than they realized at the time. What I'm trying to tell you is when it comes to our family, from the beginning, my grandfather lived to be 90 years old. From the beginning to the end and all the way through, God's been faithful. He's been dependable. He's been stable. He'll do to depend on. His truth endureth forever. Now it's all of those things and this song is also personal. It's personal. Well, I hate to quote an old movie, but there's, a, there's a, about a 20, 25-year-old 20, movie called You've Got Mail. And in the movie, one of the characters, Meg Ryan's character, is in a difficulty in her business. And she asks the other main character, and she, the, the conversation is it's not personal, it's just business. And she said, what does that mean? Everything ought to be personal if it's... If, if, if something's not anything else, it ought to be personal. And I'm going to tell you, this relationship that we have with the Lord is personal. That this song not only calls on every one, but it calls on each one to praise Him. It calls on everyone and each one to praise Him. And the greatest personalization of God is when God became flesh and dwelt among us. We couldn't attain to Him. We couldn't understand Him. We couldn't reach out to Him. We couldn't get a hold of Him. And so when we could not go to where He was, He came to me in the person of the Lord Jesus. And the truth of this song was revealed in Jesus. His mercy and his truth was revealed in Jesus. You want me to prove it to you? John chapter 1 verse 14. The apostle John speaking of the Lord. He said the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the father. Full of grace and truth. In verse 17 he said, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through the Lord Jesus Christ. Boy, that's a lot of bang for your buck in a simple little song, isn't it? Praise him, all ye nations. Praise him, all ye people. For his merciful kindness toward us. And is truth that endureth forever. Now you know what? That same Holy Ghost that moved on the psalmist to write those words bids us tonight to praise Him. Each and every one for His merciful kindness and His truth that endureth forever. Would you stand tonight and we're going to give you an opportunity in just a moment to come and praise him together. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I look across this building and I think I know the spiritual condition of everyone in here. But you know what? What if you needed to conduct business with God 
and I didn't give you the opportunity tonight. Wouldn't that be a shame? So as you bow your heads, just let me ask you this. If you're absolutely sure by the grace of God that if the Lord called you and you had to stand before Him tonight, are you absolutely sure that everything is under the blood and you're all right with the Lord? If that's the case, lift your hand. Say, I'm sure I'm all right with Jesus. Now, as nobody's looking around, nobody's looking. If you admit, say, look, I love the Lord, but I've got some things in my life I need the Lord to help me with. I need some forgiveness. I need some deliverance. I need some grace. Nobody's looking around. Lift your hand and say, just remember me when you pray, preacher. Thank the Lord for this one. Thank the Lord for this one. When I give this altar call, I want you to come. All right, look at me. Look at me. I realize that God can meet people back on the pew. And I realize that you can pray to the Lord back on the pew. I, I, I've got enough sense to know that. But every once in a while, on a Sunday night service, it's just a good thing for everybody to get on the same page and each and every one come and stand or kneel and sit and just in absolute unity and unison come and say, we're going to do what that psalmist said in that little song. We're going to praise the Lord, each and every one, for His merciful kindness and His truth that endureth I'm going to ask you, everybody, I'm going to ask you to come gather this altar. If you'd like to kneel, that's fine. If you want to stand, that's fine. If you need to sit, that's fine. But everyone come. Let's get together. Let's lift up our hands. Come on. Give us something that we can sing as we come down and do